0: welcome to the Synapse UCSF Student Voices Podcast. I'm Victoria Turner, Synapse's editor-in-chief and graduate student in the UCSF Neuroscience Program. In this podcast, UCSF students and trainees chat with people who are making waves in science, journalism, literature, and more. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Jenny Chi, a 2017 PhD graduate from the Biomedical Sciences Program at UCSF and a former Synapse staffer. She now works at a competitive intelligence firm while continuing her work as a writer for publications like The New York Times, The Atlantic, Tin House, and Ziziva. In this show, we talk to her about her recently published collection of poetry, Focal Point, which received the 2020 Steel Toe Books Poetry Award. How are you doing? So nice to meet you.
1: Good. It's nice to meet you, too. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. So it seems like you've done several different genres, right? Poetry... Um, journalism the cartoons and essays as well so what how do those speak to you in different ways and which one do you lean towards nowadays
1: yeah it changes over time like definitely while I was in grad school um, I was obviously leaning more on like poetry to I guess deal with more of the personal issues and like like deal with my grief, this book that just came out is a book of poems. Would you be willing to read oh, a poem? Yes. Um, okay, I will read, it point at which parallel waves converge and from which diverge. Researcher, prevention won't save my life, tweets a patient with metastatic cancer. I'm reminded of my mother. Why don't you wanna study cancer? when I expressed interest in HIV. In the hospital, call from a professor, my mother clapping once, then silence. The roommate, 30 years her senior, who called my voice lovely, who called my mother lucky, whom I resented because she outlived my mother. Nights at a microscope in a dark room where the lights turn off after 10 sitting too still, turning a knob just so to focus on the right field of cells. The 800 mice I've sacrificed this year, injecting cancer, harsh medicine into their soft warm bodies, hating them for biting me, but understanding, stroking their white fur in apology, covering cages with paper so they can't watch their sisters die but I can, and I see my mother in those graying eyes, eyes I refuse to donate because how would she see? And I think how cruelly futile all this erratically focused empathy, how brutal to learn why I couldn't save what I couldn't save. Can you tell me where the title comes from? The title of the book It used to be the title of the first poem, actually. So, how this book is structured is I have that very first poem, kind of like an abstract almost. Mm. Um, And then I have four sections of poems. And, like, I actually wrote that first poem sort of towards the end. And it was reflecting on, like, both the definition of a focal point, like in optics, which mm. is now the title of the first one, um, point at which parallel waves converge and from which diverge. And um, also just like the idea of having like a central focus and how like we can sort of hone in on that central focus to the exclusion of everything else in sort of like arbitrary, and like sometimes self-centered ways and and also just like thinking about how there are so many other things going on around that central focal point um, and so that I realized was sort of what the book as a whole was exploring and so at some point I ended up making that change because um, I, I always knew that poem was very important to the book mm-hmm. and And then I realized it was because I kind of saw it as like the abstract for the whole book.
0: I like the scientific analogy. It's very easy (laughs) for a scientist to understand, I think. Do you have any thoughts about how science and writing but also life kind of intersect in your book?
1: I always was into writing. I kind of knew pretty early on that I didn't want to stay in academia and um, didn't want to keep doing research and was really interested in like, maybe exploring science communication. It took me a long time to be able to figure out how to like balance writing and science and, and, or how to like maybe merge them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think in my mind, they were very separate. I actually have like a fair number of poems in here that are, I guess, more science y, Mm -hmm. which I didn't even realize until I was putting it together. Because Mm -hmm. if you had asked me like a few years ago whether like science and I don't know, like intersected much with my writing, Mm -hmm. I probably would have said no. Um, And it was only putting this together that I kind of realized there is actually a lot of, scientific influence on this Mm -hmm. it's only because that was just like my life for six years Mm -hmm. to give a few examples I have a poem in here that is titled telomeres and a a. 2am love poem Um, and I have like a series of biology lesson poems in like the second section which I and I sort of structured the early uh, sections almost like a poetic lab notebook is how Mm. I've been um, framing it, where it's like these little short um, like biology poems separating poems that are more scenes from my non-lab life. Um, And so there is a lot of that intersection here. Because in the end, I think as much as I might Have viewed my writing and science lives as being kind of separate they're not really like as much as you try to separate things like it's all part of like the life that I'm living Mm -hmm. so it's I think it's challenging um, and probably not even desirable to keep things so separate yeah we always think about I mean, I ask these questions,
0: right? Like how do these two separate fields interact? But at the end of the day, if you're living all of them at the same time, they kind of are in that sense, one
1: and the same. Yeah, exactly.
0: What was it like going from writing these individual pieces and turning them into a collection? You said you had some organizational structure. Did you know going in that you were going to turn it into a collection?
1: Absolutely not. I um, had no intention, I started grad school, of, like, being a professional poet in any way, Mm -hmm. like, um, I just didn't think that was realistic, like, I wanted to stem in part because I didn't think, I always kind of wanted to be a writer, but I never thought that was, like, a realistic path to pursue, Mm -hmm. and so, like, um, especially just, like, being, like, the only child of Chinese immigrants who, like, Mm -hmm also like went through the cultural revolution in China, just had a, yeah, a hard time. But I, I used to go to this workshop that was run by one of the physicians out of mm-hmm. his office. I think he still does this. It's just been over Zoom during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but his name is David Watts. He's like in that building over the Starbucks, mm-hmm. talking about. and he like ran this workshop every, just like once a week. And so I like started going like in my second year of grad school as well. It, like a lot of the folks in this group are older. And so it was kind of nice because they had more of an intimate, like familiarity with grief than most people like my own age. And mm. so I could find like some sort of space for that there. I think after like a few years of going, Uh, David just turned to me after a workshop one day and he was like so like where's where's your book I was like what book but I had been like starting to become more serious about like a writing career of some kind Mm -hmm. over the course of that period Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I started putting it together into a collection after after that Mm
0: -hmm. I do feel
1: like I'm more able to like call myself a writer now because Mm. of it because it always like before so many people I think say that and if it feels like if you don't have a major publication people don't take that seriously I still have like a full-time day job that's in so it's what's your day job at the moment I am at a firm and so we work with these other companies to more or less write like white paper type reports summarizing all the latest developments in like specific indications. Mm, I see so that is a form of science writing. It is a form of science communication just like not with like the public as the target audience. I definitely don't feel like I'm able to pursue writing exclusively, I guess, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I do now view it as like a full career Mm -hmm, instead mm -hmm. of like a hobby. It's definitely something that I'm like actively working on. And published. (laughs) That helps cement it for me.
0: As the current editor of Synapse, I'm really excited to kind of hear about your experiences a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was so heavily involved. With synapse when I was there. How long were you working with synapse? Probably three or four years. I want to say I started like my second year of grad school because obviously we don't really do that much first year. I I ended up like starting off with synapse just by like publishing my little cartoons there. I think it was like just called BMS cartoons because I was in BMS. And then I did some like little mem- medical MythBuster cartoons from there. And I just took on more and more assignments. I have found,
0: or I've grown to appreciate that some of the humor pieces we get, they're, they're similar in a sense to cartoons in that they shed light on what being a grad student is really like and some of the harder parts of science, which is totally separate from scientific papers, which are so glossy and cleaned up. And you don't mm-hmm. see all the, the hard <laughs> daily struggles that you have. Um, but it's a it's a very sympathetic way to look at them (laughs) I think (laughs) when I'm laughing in a cartoon I'm like crying a little
1: as well but (laughs) I'm enjoying it I feel that I also enjoyed like journalism in that time because I I kind of like deep diving into topics for short periods Mm -hmm. like a shorter version of like grad school I guess (laughs) in that way um And, and I, I enjoyed then like the opportunity to shed a light on certain topics that I thought were important. And I thought people should read about, they wrote a lot about like end of life stuff um, and like medical humanities and like diversity in like STEM, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it felt like something that was kind of important I guess um especially when things were really slow in lab was like Mm -hmm. okay I'm still doing something I can I can relate to that
0: (laughs) it's definitely nice to have a very clear concise you know project and publication Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you have any uh memorable pieces that that come to mind that you really remember working on at Synapse
1: I covered the um like health insurance changes. Cause that's when they were switching students over to UC ship. I remember that as like a biggish series that I had to do. And it was like, I guess my first time like really doing journalism. That wasn't something I had really considered before grad school. Even I also started up like the life of a grad student series and just like anonymously interviewed grad students in like every year about their experiences like what were things they struggled with Mm -hmm. to kind of normalize some of those struggles that can feel really isolating when you're in grad school Mm -hmm. Um, so those are a couple of things that I distinctly remember doing so I don't know how it's structured now but like back then we had like a managing editor who's like a full-time staff person mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, okay
1: same. oh great i'm glad they've like started that again mm-hmm. that was kind of a thing i enjoyed and like there was a whole year when i was like really i had to like fight really hard to like keep that structure mm. so i was like without this like professional outside person like what are students getting out of this right right like, okay so i'm glad that is back um that was an exhausting year of my life <laughs> I think my last year being involved with synapse, like the managing editor then like left and then, um, we had to hire like a new person, but they were trying to make them like part time. We're just trying to get rid of them entirely because it's like a big budget line. And like, there's
0: a lot, there's a lot. Wow. I didn't know that was under, under fire for a while. It's, it's a huge part of what drew
1: me as well, actually. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you.